All right. Hey, good morning, New Life Church. How's everybody doing? You should be sugared up, coffeeed up, OJ'd up, and Jesus up by now, right? All right. Well, hey, welcome this morning. Special day. We're breaking our, we have broke, we broke this 21-day fast right in half with all that food. Oh my gosh. Thank you all, everyone who contributed and made that happen. Uh, very good. I sampled too many things uh, this morning, but very, very good. Thank you all for that. We definitely can say we have some good chefs and cooks in our church. Yeah, every church needs that, right? Every church needs that. So thank you all for that. Uh, Heart for the House Sunday. Uh, if you're new here, Heart for the House happens a couple times a year uh, where we take time, a little special time throughout uh, that particular day. Uh, we do things like we did this morning with a special fellowship, and uh, we talk about the things that have, that have been going on, celebrating different things that have been going on in the church, talk about what's going to be ahead of us in the church. Uh, we're going to be today, we're actually going to be accepting some new members into our church. Yep, that's awesome. Uh, we're also going to be recognizing some new leaders in our church who have stepped up and are stepping up. So that's going to be amazing to do as well. And then we're going to conclude our time here shortly uh, by coming to the communion table this morning. All of these are things that point to and say that we belong to God. We belong to God. And so on this special day, Heart for the House, that's what I've titled this message today, We belong to God. Let me invite you to open up the Word of God with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. There should not be any misunderstanding as to who we belong to. Uh, you know, we have offspring, we have children, and we can say they belong to me on most days. On the good days, we can say that, right? And they can say the same about us as well. Uh, but there should never be any misunderstanding who our God is. Amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of generations, the God of life, the God of resurrection, the God of salvation, the God of redemption, the God who is close to the brokenhearted, and the God who raise up, raises up those who are downtrodden. That's our God. He's life-giving, life-changing, life-transforming. Amen. I think I might be in the wrong church today. All right. Praise God. Well, let's look at our main text today, where we're going to get... Our direction from it's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writing to the believers in Corinth, verse 6 through 9. He says this. He says, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Verse 8. The one who plants, the one who who waters, work together with the same purpose. And both, this is awesome, both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Verse 9 says, We are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Let's pray over this word today. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are close to us, that you are near to us, that you are with us and that you live in us. The same power and spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us, your people. Lives inside of everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, professes lordship in Jesus. So Lord, as we sit here today to hear from your word, we're listening, so speak. As I preach it, anoint, 
and help us to all get what we need to get for our lives and together as a church as we move forward together in faith and in unity and the power and the love of the Holy Spirit. We honor you and we thank you for what you are doing in our lives today in Jesus' mighty name. And you can say amen. 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 Have you ever asked yourself, what is God's plan for my life? You ever ask, hey, what is God's will for me? Or maybe a question like this, can God use my life? Can he use me? Can he really use me? And Paul, I think, answers those questions and gives us some, a springboard and a platform uh, to go from uh, as we look ahead with God's will, God's plan for our life. He, he says these, these three things here. He says, we are God's workers. In other words, we work with God. We work with God. That's partnership. Partnership breeds purpose. Partnership breeds purpose. Then he says, we are God's field. In other words, God works in us. We work with God. God works in us. That's relationship. Relationship with God breeds life. In fact, that's what Jesus declared in John 10, 10. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he said, I have come to give life and life more abundant. Real life. Relationship with God breeds life. And Paul describes it. He says, we are God's building. In other words, God lives in us. That's ownership. In fact, God said in his word that he paid a high price for our lives in the blood and the life of Jesus Christ. Ownership. Ownership breeds the love of God inside of us. So you've got partnership that brings purpose. You've got relationship with God that brings life. And you've got ownership of God of us that brings his love. His love. We love because he first loved us. Now here's the thing. If you're born again and you have, you're professing lordship in Jesus Christ... This applies to you. This applies to you. Look at how Paul writes this in, uh, excuse me, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It'll be on the screen as well. He said, God saved you by your good looks. Is that what it says? (laughs) Many of us would be jacked up already, (laughs) myself included. He said, God saved you by his grace when you paid the fee. Does it say that? No? Okay. Let me get this right here. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. Too many people trying to take credit for something that only God can do. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that you have done. So none of us can boast about our salvation that we did it, that we made it. This is verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. We're his product. God made us. He says he created us anew. I love that, anew. He created us anew, brand new, in Christ Jesus. The only way to get a new start, the only way to get a fresh start, the only way to get a clean slate, the only way to have our conscience clean, the only way to have our sins forgiven, the only way to have our guilt removed, the only way to have our shame taken, the only way is in Jesus Christ. 
says, we are his masterpiece created new in Jesus Christ so we can do something. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So yes, there's the answer. God does have a plan for my life. That is good news. There is a purpose. There is a reason that you exist. There is a purpose, a kingdom divine reason that you exist on this earth and it's for God's plans to happen in your life. So how do we discover that? How do we discover his plan? How do we begin to walk in his will? I mean, you guys are asking some good questions today. I tell you, you ask good questions, we'll find out the right answers from the Lord. Amen? Well, let's check this out and what Paul tells us through Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It's in the message translation that I've selected for this. Back up. There you go. He says, so... Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, place it before God as an offering. And embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. And it goes on to say in the other translations that you begin to prove what God's will is. That perfect will of God, that good and perfect and pleasing will of God. But how does it start? It starts as we lay our lives down as an offering to God. When you give an offering to the Lord, you don't give it with stipulation. You don't give it through manipulation. You don't give it through control. Now, when you give yourself as an offering to God, you lay your life down in his hands and you say, God, here here I am. Whatever you want to do with my life, you do it. However you want to lead me, Lord, you lead me. Wherever you want to take me, God, take me. However you want to change me inside, change me, Lord, from the inside out. That type of offering is what Paul is getting at. So if you want to get to God's will for your life, then we have to first offer ourselves to him willingly and let God call the shots and let God's hand of transformation take over and produce in us and out of our life what he sees fit because we are his masterpiece. We are his product. We are what he created and he makes us new in Christ so that we can do his plans that he has for us. God has already settled it as to what he wants to do with our life. We get to figure it out as we offer ourselves to him And he begins to show up and show himself in our life in different ways to do so. So Paul says, hey, offer yourself that way. Give yourself as an offering and then just embrace it. Just embrace it. I've often found and discovered that the more I willingly just embrace what God is doing, the less frustrated I am. The less disturbed I am. The less agitated I am. I am. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have a little bit of mm, wondering where, how, can, uh, going to do what, you're going to how. It doesn't mean I don't ever struggle or wrestle with that. But when I freely just offer myself to the Lord, embrace what he's trying to do, and embrace how he's doing it, I live less frustrated. I live with more peace. In fact, in, in also in the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 17, Paul says, the kingdom of God... It's not about eating, 
or drinking. It's not about certain type of rules like that. He said, here's what the kingdom of God is about. It's about living a life filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit producing righteousness, peace, and joy in your life. Now, if we could just get those three things happening all at one time in our life, think about your life. Think about your life. Think about how life could be going for us. Doesn't mean we won't ever encounter anything strange or weird or hard or difficult or challenging or any of that kind of stuff. But what it does mean is the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit in our life will always produce righteous living out of us. Will always produce peace that surpasses all understanding. And it will produce joy, which is the strength of God in our life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's one of my prayers out of this 21-day prayer and fast that the Lord led me to that scripture that he, he, he had me write down in my journal, 2019, it's a new season. Then he had me go to Romans 14, 17 and write that verse out. That is that my prayer for this year from my life is that I want to be so filled with God's spirit that all that's happening in me is his righteousness, his peace, and his joy so that no matter whatever I come across or have to deal with or have to put up with or have to go through or whatever it is, I've got his righteousness in my life. I've got his peace in my life, and I've got his joy that is filling me up. Amen. That, that is a prayer of mine. That is a prayer of mine. And so Paul says when we give ourselves like that to the Lord, we'll begin to know and understand what his will is and his plan is for our life. So just as God has a plan for each one of us, God has a plan for our church. God has a plan for every local church. I love what our founding verse is. It's Colossians 3.11. You can read it here on the screen out of the New Living Translation. Our founding verse for our church is in this new life. It doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. All that really matters is this, is Christ. Christ is all that matters and that he lives in all of us. In a day and time when so much of our country is divided on this issue, that issue, this race, this gender, this problem, that problem, this solution, that solution, what we've got to get to as a church across our nation is that Christ is all that really matters. And when Christ lives in us, it doesn't matter where we're from, doesn't matter what we're doing, because what will happen is the righteousness and the peace and the joy of God will be alive in us, and we'll be on the right path together. That's God's hope. That's God's plan. That is God in Jesus Christ is that people will get on the same page with him and getting on the same page with God starts and continues and finishes in Jesus Christ. It does not start with our ideology, our philosophy, our denomination, our non-denomination, how we like our pews, how we like our air condition, how we like our food, how we like anything. All that matters is that Jesus rules our life. Jesus is Lord of our life. And Jesus saves my sorry soul and makes me better because of Christ in me. God has a plan for our church. I love that verse. Try to aim and live from that platform of that verse. I love our vision to be a Holy Spirit-filled, multi-generational, multi-racial church that is devoted to making followers of Jesus Christ. Followers of Jesus Christ. We, that's supported by about six core values that we have. Kingdom-minded, discipleship-driven, great commission-focused, Holy Spirit-filled, next-gen committed, and stewardship guided. Those values we talk about in depth on our website as well. You know, recently, 
our church last fall, we just celebrated 40 years as a congregation. We've been traveling for 40 years. We've moved to a few different spots, made a lot of, lot, God has done a lot of changes, a lot of transitions in our church over the last 40 years. And to kind of talk about that last fall, we, we, we kind of packaged it in a, in a thing called Vision 2020, where we took some time to look back and honor and celebrate all the, what the Lord has done and took some time to look ahead in faith, to look forward in faith with what we believe what God would like to do with our church and our lives. And so, with your permission, I'd like to take a few minutes and just hit on three main, major parts of that vision this morning. Three major parts of that vision. And you'll begin to see as I talk about this how what we talked about, the opening text in, in 1 Corinthians 3, where there's partnership with God, there's relationship with God, there's ownership of God in our life. You see how this is all kind of woven into the tapestry of, of these three main parts of this vision. The first part is this, is discipleship, what we're focused on, what we want to uh, hope to achieve, what we want to walk in successfully, fruitfully with the Lord, discipleship. As we're working to straighten and strengthen the pathways of discipleship here at New Life Church. We don't want to just be a church that kind of talks about discipleship. We want to be a church that lives it. Amen. We want to live it. We want to model it. We want to make it happen. Jesus commands us to make disciples. We have a two, let me tell you this, we have a two-year path that we have developed uh, of discipleship that will help new believers, help prodigals, the unchurched, the dechurched, all the in-betweens, establish a real firm, solid, spiritual foundation in their faith with Jesus Christ. We have a two-year path that we, that we created and that we're uh, setting out to walk in. And I just want to tell you this, if you feel like your spiritual foundation is weak, if it's crumbling, uh, it really maybe never really existed like you thought it, it, it did, um, then I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to take the next step to get on this path with us. Get on this path of discipleship and help us take you through a journey over the next little bit of time. Doesn't mean you're committing like two years of your life to a thing, to a class. That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about just walking the path that, commit, that you will commit to, that any person can commit to, to have their spiritual foundation become solid. Because you can't build on a foundation that's weak, cannot build on a foundation that's crumbling, you cannot build on a foundation that's all cracked up and jacked up. Why? Because the structure that you try to build will fall. Over time, it will show itself, it'll show its true colors. When you go through some pressures, when you go through some difficult times, you'll, you'll see what you're really made of spiritually. But we have that path cut out, and we want to help people walk on that. Discipleship. Talking about straightening and strengthening the pathways of discipleship. We have a path, a weekly and a monthly path that we, that we created for our members, the members of New Life Church, to walk on, to continue to be made as disciples and disciples who will help make disciples and those disciples will in turn help make disciples. Things like our primary, our worship gathering here on Sundays like today. That's a weekly consistent thing. We have weekly next gen that meets about to kick off in a week and a half, two weeks uh, from now back on Wednesday nights. We have monthly serve teams that you can be a part of. You can join together with other comrades in the, in the church to serve the Lord in different ways, different avenues, not just here on Sunday, but in other opportunities as well to serve together and work together in the Lord. And then we have a new thing that uh, we've been advertising and promoting that's monthly. It's called Community Life Groups. 
community life groups. They're going to be meeting on the second Sunday of each month, beginning in February, post-Super Bowl. If any of you are wondering if that's going to interfere with your Super Bowl plans, it's the week after that. So, all good there. Can't use Super Bowl as an excuse unless you're sad and you're like, I'm still, still in gloom and doom after the loss and, you know, the no calls, the bad calls, the whatever calls that didn't get my team in there, whatever. Here's the thing. Community life groups, we really have a vision for this. We really have a vision for these groups to gather and to grow together and connect in relationship with one another. How many of you enjoyed the fellowship? If you were here earlier during the before service, how many of you really enjoyed that time sitting around, chatting, talking, catching up? I I was just kind of eavesdropping on a lot of different conversations, and I heard what you said about me earlier, so I just want you to know that. Okay, no, I'm teasing. I'm kidding. But I just heard lots of people interacting, truly asking real good questions about life, about where they're at, about how they're doing. Some heard some grandparents talk about their grandkids, bragging on their grandkids. That's what grandparents do, I think, the best. Talk about life, talking about jobs, talking about this or that. Fellowship, relationship. And we want to we help build that into our, the life of our church, even more so than it is. Also, these groups, we envision them getting together to be able to care for each other. Because when you're in relationship with one another, it becomes easier to pay attention to one another. And when you pay attention to one another, it becomes a little bit easier to want to take care of somebody and help in whatever way, in whatever way is possible. As well as growing together spiritually in a community of faith. So I want to encourage you to get signed up on one of those groups or just get signed up on the list. As Pastor Lindsay mentioned, we'll help you get connected to, the, to one that you might feel is right for you. And we just want, to, every, we want you to see, want to see you take that next step in community in our church, in relationship together, and committing your life to growing even more so intentional this year in Christ. And we're going to have some more thoughts about that coming as well. Uh, another thing, another path of discipleship that we have created is for our new members, folks who are new to the church, uh, that are taking the steps to become members of this church, uh, to discover. We have a path that helps them to discover New Life Church. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, Lindsay here for a few minutes, and she's going to lead a ceremony with our new members who are going to be joining the church. We have five households, five households who are joining our church. And not all are from a different church who moved. Some are new conversions, all right? Some are new conversions, and they're going to get water baptized, hopefully, this spring when we do that. So, Pastor Lindsay, let you take it over from here. Yeah, we're going to have you guys come on up. You know it's you. Come on up, new members. We have Nick and Kate Taylor, Brandy Martin, Rusty, Michael Rusty Rogers, Randy and Gayla Pittman, Thomas and Jamie Brown and Trey Brown. Come on up, guys. Brandy is in the kids' ministry. Hey, Sydney, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, can you go relieve Brandy? Where is she? She's already serving. That's oh. how we get things going here. She's in New Life Kids. They'll go relieve her. 
So while we're going through this really quickly, well, listen, all of these families and individuals have gone through what we call Discover New Life Church, where they've kind of just read about and, you know, saw what we believed, make sure they weren't like signing on to join something crazy, make sure they know kind of how things work around here and that they want to commit and be a part of this family. And we're just really thankful to have all of them here and a part today. So what I'm going to do is kind of ask you guys a couple of questions and you're going to just respond with we do if you agree with this and this is just kind of us making a commitment we, we don't make you sign in blood when this is over or anything like that so you know you're good but I'm going to ask these questions and have them respond we do and then all together we're going to kind of do some little statements based off of this writing called I am a church member by Tom Rayner and we're just going to kind of speak this and, and and agree on this and we're going to pray over these new families so I'm going to ask you guys these few questions Are you committed to continuing having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? We do, or I do, however you want to answer that. Are you committed to continuing to promote the vision of New Life Church by faithfully attending attending and participating in the life of the church? Are you committed to faithfully supporting New Life Church financially through your tithes and offerings? And are you committed to continuing to partner with New Life Church by praying for the church, its leadership, and serving God by serving others? All right, well, if you guys will, you guys can kind of turn and face this. And those of you who are already members of New Life Church, if you want to say this with us, this is just kind of a a short couple of statements, a declaration of really what it means to be a church member. I am a church member. I will seek to be a source of unity in the church for the sake of the gospel. I am a church member. I will not let my church be about my preferences and desires. I am a church member. I will pray for my pastor and other leaders every day. I am a church member. I will be a functioning member to give, to serve, to minister, to evangelize, to be a blessing to others. I am a church member. I will lead my family to be good members of this church as well. I am a church member. I will never take my membership for granted, but see it as a gift and an opportunity to be a part of something so much greater than any one person or member. I am a church member, and I thank God that I am. Well, listen, do you believe that and agree with that? I hope all of you that are here agree with that already. And here's Brandy. Brandy's here. (laughs) All right, well, listen, if you would join with me today, we're going to pray over these households and these families today. So if you would just stretch your hands towards them. God, I thank you for these people. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for, first of all, Lord, I thank you so much that they have come to know you as their Savior and that they are walking in relationship with you. And so, God, I pray that in these coming months and years that come for them, that they will begin to fully walk in who you have called them to be, and that, God, you will continue to bless and strengthen their households. God, we thank you for Nick and for Kate, and we ask that you keep your hand upon them and that you bless them. God, we thank you for Rusty. May you continue to move in his life and lead him forward. God, we thank you for Brandy. God, I pray favor and blessing on her as she connects her heart to this house. God, we thank you for Gayla and for Randy, and God, we thank you that you are continuing to do a good 
good work in them and you will see it to completion. God, we thank you for Jamie and for Thomas and for Trey. And God, we ask that you continue to raise them up to use the gifts and talents God has given them for your glory. God, we thank you for each and every one of these families. And God, as a church, we pray that you would continue to help us to steward the good resources and the people that you have brought to our house. That God, you would strengthen our unity as we grow in not only numbers, but as we grow together in unity and in the good works that you have created for us to do. God, we thank you for this house and for the people you have brought to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, y'all give them a round of applause today for the join. And I've got certificates for you guys. All right, before you guys sit down, Pastor Jeremy, a word for all of you. Um, the word is multiplication. And sometimes when you join a church or when you officially become, or you're already doing something, you wonder, well, I don't have much to do. I don't have much to give. But the Lord wants you to know, <clears throat> just like the five loaves and five fishes fed thousands of people, that whatever you put on the altar of the Lord, he will take it and multiply it. And you may not even know how many hundreds of people it's affecting. So don't feel small in your capacity because the smallest thing you give for the Lord can become the biggest thing once he gets a hold of it. So whatever it is, just give it to him and he'll multiply it, okay? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I would encourage you, church, uh, I know you've probably already been talking and getting to know some of these folks and these families, but I encourage you afterwards, uh, if you can linger for a moment and welcome these people uh, officially into the life of New Life Church, to the fold, and to this family of God. We have a special church. We have a special church. We really do. Discipleship. The next part of this vision is leadership. Leadership. You know, things don't happen unless leaders lead. Amen? And people will follow. So we're working to define and to develop leadership teams uh, throughout the life of this church, throughout the organizational part of this church. And we have a staff, obviously, they oversee the day-to-day operations of, 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 of how things flow and, and move. But we're always looking. We want to be able to add to the layers of leadership in this house to help shoulder the responsibility of the ministry and the care of New Life Church, the people. And, you know, it's really a thing that's been going on since the days of Moses. You know, he was trying to oversee too many at one time by himself. And his father-in-law spoke a word of wisdom to him and said, you need to break this thing down. You need to recruit some good folks that have the right heart, the right spirit. And you see that also in the book of Acts when the church began and was uh, first started, that uh, they, were, they had to do the same type of thing. So it's a good sign when a church is adding layers of leadership to the church. It would be, it would be an awful thing for a congregation to think the senior pastor should do all of the work. Because a senior pastor that does all the work will not be around too much. It'd be really, 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 really busy. Not able to pray, not able to study, not able to visit, not able to be around people in different ways and different avenues. And so I count it a blessing that you are willing to follow uh, a leadership that is willing to expand. As Thomas uh, brought in, multiplication. 
And so that's awesome. Whenever we see new members join, it's a good sign. And whenever we see new leaders rise up, amen. And so one of the areas of, of leadership that we're working on and that we have been working on is, is adding some new elders and new deacons into the church. Um, and so I want to take a moment. We're going to introduce these folks, and then we're going to pray over them today as well. Um, let me introduce our elders first. Uh, Max Garner is going to come. James Pittman. And Brandon Bailey. And Deacons Van Nash, Jeremy Calhoun, and Rodney Bishop. Awesome. These guys have been on just over a one-year journey of discipleship with me personally. I've been meeting with them monthly for, we meet several hours at a time. Uh, we have uh, prayed together. We, we have read a lot of things together. Uh, and we have studied a lot of things together. And we've shared a lot of things together. We have quite a bond. And I have a lot of trust and a lot of respect for these guys. Just like me, these guys are not perfect. But they will be quick to tell you uh, that. But also what is most evident in their life is the fact that they are lovers of Jesus Christ. They are lovers of the Lord. And what is also evident, that love shows in their servant's heart. They all have a heart to serve, to serve other people. And they don't really care if they get the light shined on them or an accolade or any of that. Will that happen? Absolutely. It's happening right now, and it will continue to happen because I believe in applauding good people. Amen? But at the same time, uh, they, don't, they don't expect it. But they love God. They love this church. They love you. And I'm thankful for people like this. And so over the last year, they've been training. They've been in an equipping stage to learn a lot of things. And, uh, and I've learned a lot of things as well by being around them. Uh, we've laughed a lot. Uh, we have cried some. Uh, and we have all uh, tried to do our best to give our commitment uh, to the Lord to serve in this role. And so they're going to be assisting uh, as leaders. They're, they're uh, going to be shouldering some different weekly responsibilities on Sundays. You've been able to start to see them stand before you on Sundays and uh, do a few different things in the service. You're going to continue to see that and then some other things. They've got a lot of behind-the-scenes roles as well that they're going to be helping with. They're going to be assisting in uh, our adult discipleship path, uh, primarily in the uh, community life groups. They're going to be helping to lead those, and they're going to be helping uh, lead some other things when it comes to discipleship as well. So you're going to see them for a while. They're committed for a couple, three, four years, 10, 20 years. I don't know. No, I'm teasing. But they did make a commitment to serve for a few years. Uh, and, uh, and I would just say this, that uh, part of their uh, leadership track is uh, in the, over the next couple of years, they're going to be raising up some two or three people to take their place. All right, so they're not going to be doing this as a monopoly forever, uh, but they're going to be uh, leading, serving, and in so doing, they're going to be looking for other pe people that they can tap on the shoulder and say, join this journey with me, get on this path with me. So don't be surprised if you get 
a tap on the shoulder and say, it's your turn. It's your turn to step up. It's your turn to lead. That's what we want to keep doing in this church. So, uh, church, if you would, I'd love to uh, like to pray for these men uh, and, uh, and their, their spouses. Their spouses, uh, just quickly, if you don't mind standing, I'll let you sit back down. But the spouses of these uh, men, if you could take a quick stand and let these guys know you and see you. All right. Uh, Jackie left van, so we need to pray for him. Uh, I'm teasing, church. I'm teasing. <laughs> They're like, cut it out. <laughs> um, it's a joke. I promise you it's a joke. Lord, man, help me out. Um, but they're going to be uh, helping also in just overseeing the membership of our church. And they're going to be here to pray with you, pray, uh, pray for you, and they're here to serve. So help me, would you pray, help me pray for these, these guys here today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your saving grace in our life. Where would we be except for the grace of God? Lord, I thank you that I know these men and a lot of us have answered and re wrestled with the question, can God use me? Can you really use me? Can, what's your will for my life? You see where I'm at. What can you do with me? And I, I'm thankful for these guys who have stepped up to the call and have answered it, Lord, and have put themselves in a position to be humble and to be teachable, as well as to be people who will lead. I thank you for the mantle of leadership upon them. So, Lord, today... I ask that you would anoint them. Anoint them for this cause. Anoint them for this calling. And anoint them for this congregation. I thank you that they have hearts that are devoted to you. They have families who are aimed in your direction to love and serve you with everything within them. And I pray, Lord, you would keep them, guard them, protect them. Protect and guard their homes, their marriages, their families, Lord. I know the enemy doesn't like it with any one of us make a commitment to you. And so, Lord, I pray a special grace and a hedge of protection around them. And, Lord, I pray you would rise up within them in a mighty way. You would be that mighty, roaring lion of Judah on the inside of them and help them to be ferocious in their devotion to you. Help them to be tenacious in their love for you and help them to be compassionate in their service to you, Lord. I pray, oh God, you would continue to unify them, unify us, continue to knit our hearts with them all the more, we pray. And we thank you for what lies ahead and how you're going to help them to lead in this church to make this church better for your great kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Let's give these guys a big applause. Yeah, absolutely. Praise God. All signs, discipleship, healthy leadership, all signs that point and say we belong to God, that we are partners with God. God is partners with us. We're in relationship with him. His life is moving in us, and we are owned by God. His love is filling our life. And lastly, I want to talk about relationship in the last couple of minutes. I want to talk about relationship. As we are working to expand our relationship reach, 
to the world through missions, outreach, and through church planting. As you know, some of you may know, may not know, we, we support several different missionaries, and we're on the mission field in a few different countries, uh, as well as here in the United States. We support our Native American pastors and churches through Freedom Gate, through Outpost of Freedom, out west with Rick and Susan Bennett. They're our, one of our outside elders who will be with us uh, in February, actually, to be here to share and encourage the church. Um, primarily the Navajo and the, and the Apache Indian Reservations is where we are at with them. Uh, as well as we support missionaries on, in remote villages of South Africa, as well as some parts of India. And we help um, distribute the Word of God, the Bible, through the Gideon's International Ministry all around the world. Those are just some of the ways uh, that we are partnering and, and, and serving in missions around the globe. Locally, our outreach, we, are, uh, we connect and serve and partner with. Uh, Lindsay uh, highlighted some of these already this morning. Um, but one of them being RIFA, we're partners with RIFA, and uh, you can be a part of that um, monthly way to serve. Uh, you can connect with Lorraine, uh, you can connect with Lindsay, and they'll help get you on the team of that. Uh, we supply resources to RIFA, and we are trying to supply people to RIFA to serve um, the homeless a meal once a month coming up starting uh, soon. So that's another way. Uh, we're partners with the Dream Center. Uh, thank God. We've been with the Dream Center. Uh, our church founded the Dream Center many years ago. And uh, last Saturday, we had the privilege of attending their annual uh, banquet. Uh, talked with Gary. Gary, uh, Gary, you're in the back corner. It'd be, if people can see you, if you could wave, maybe stand if you feel like it. But I'd like people to see and know who you are. Gary Dowder, he's been a longtime member. He and Trina of our church. Gary has uh, served with the Dream Center for quite some time now. They're in, a, in the process of about to break ground on a brand new facility. Uh, I was talking with him on Friday. And uh, they currently are able to uh, house and accommodate about 30 to 35 uh, children and, and, and moms. Uh, when they break ground and when they build this new facility, they're going to be able to triple that overnight and go to 100. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. So we get to partner with, with ministries like that and so, so glad for leadership like Gary and the others who serve at the Dream Center uh, and, and our church getting to play a part of that. We partner with Eden of Youth Town and also, of course, we're continuing with our partnership with Family Christian School right here. And so uh, those are just some of the different areas locally that we step out and serve our community. And, uh, and you know, the thing about that, the most important thing about that is that, as Paul mentioned, it's not about who plants. It's not about who waters. It's about the fact that God makes the seed grow. I'm glad. We don't have to have our church name on every single outreach in this city. I'd rather do it under the radar, people not knowing, but knowing that the needs are being met, than opposed to having all the light shine on us. That's just not who I am. That's not, just, that's not who we are as a church. So if you ever wonder, do we serve? Are we out there? These are just a few of the ways, and there are ways that, that we couldn't even possibly mention all the different avenues that so many different ones of you are serving in different ways too. So I want to say thank you for your continued outreach support. And another, in the third area of expanding our relationship reach to the, to the world is through church planting. 
Uh, the Lord has called us to plant, I've shared this back in the fall, to plant five churches over the next 20 years. And one of them being us, the Lord is, uh, one day will be taking us to a more permanent location, uh, and that'll be one of those five, and then we'll go from there. Uh, but I'm excited about that. Again, all of these things that I've been sharing about the life of our church, the vision of this church, through, through discipleship, through leadership, and through our relationship to the world, are signs that say, hey... New Life Church, there's no doubt we belong to God. There's no doubt we're sold out to the Lord. Joshua said it, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what we're determined to do as a church family of faith. And of course, we can't do it unless we're faithful in doing all of our part. We each have a part to play. We each have a place where we belong. Each one of us has a part to play in the life and the vision of New Life Church.